Hi, this is Diva Celebration, and there was something I was thinking about today, and I hem-hauled around about making a podcast about it, but I thought that this was an important thing to do, because I'm years, you know, out of this, you know, I, I had a relationship that wasn't exactly a great relationship. I've actually had a couple of relationships that weren't exactly great relationships. And I think it stems from growing up in sort of a screwed up family, not really really realizing how screwed up your family is until you're years out. Because, you know, I think a lot of people are really hard on themselves when things happen in their lives. And then they beat themselves up later that they didn't see it or that they didn't know it or that they weren't aware of it. Well, and what I tell people all the time is you didn't see it. You weren't aware of it. You, you know, couldn't have even fathomed it because you don't think that way. You are not that person. You're not like these crummy people that come into your life and pull this stuff on you. You would never do what they do. You would never say what they say. And you would never act in a way that would hurt other people. So it's really, really hard that once somebody gains your trust, once you think that they are a wonderful person, once they've made you fall in love with them. You know, you have your love bombers who come in and they, you know, that's what they do. They come in and they just sweep you off your feet. You know, everybody says, I want to be swept off my feet. No, you don't. You don't want to be swept off your feet. Trust me, because if somebody is sweeping you off your feet, they're trying to divert your attention away from who they really, really are. If people rush into a relationship with you, they're trying to keep you from seeing who they are, and they want the relationship to advance really quickly, maybe even to the point of marriage, which both of these bad relationships I was in, boy, did they push to get me married. Like, within months, within months, they wanted to to get married to me. And, um, you know, I, I guess the other thing that I think people don't see is you don't see how wonderful you are as a person. And you also don't see how, um, uh, how, uh, you are a hardworking, straight-headed individual who has created success in your life. And sometimes these user-abuser kind of people want to come into your life because they want to take advantage of you and the money that you've made. They want to take advantage of your hard work, the fact that you go out every day and you work really hard and you consistently bring in money and you support yourself as a single person. They see that and they're like, ooh, here's somebody I can take advantage of. And you don't see them coming. You just don't see them coming. So for all those people who think, oh God, why didn't I see what what this person was doing? Now, there are certain situations, like I will say these people who uh, meet people online and they start sending people money before they've ever met them or even had a video conversation with them on a video phone. They don't even know if the picture on the profile of the social media is really that person and they're sending them thousands of dollars, you know? You need to know who you're dealing with. But even if you know somebody, you know, it takes them a lot longer to trick you than maybe these people that are on social media that are tricking people and getting them to send them money. So, you know, if if you haven't met someone, talked to someone, if they haven't sat in front of you, you shouldn't be giving them even one cent. That's my first piece of advice to anybody. You shouldn't send them anything. You shouldn't be sending them gifts. You shouldn't be sending them your information. If you have not met someone and spent at least a year and a half with them in front of you, and I'm talking 365 days out of a year, at least they've sat in front of you and you could touch them. They're right there in front of you and you've spent at least three or four hours a day with them. Then you should not be giving them anything. Because you don't know them. I would say a year and a half of seeing them every single day consistently. Right? 
And even now with this new AI technology, people could fit, they could very well um, trick you into thinking they are somebody because they could make an AI that is talking on um, tele- a, a video telephone and it, it may not even be them. It may not even be their face. They're using AI to, you know, like the, you've seen the social media thing where the guy looks like Tom Cruise. Well, the guy doesn't actually look like Tom Cruise. He uses a, um, artificial intelligence app to put Tom Cruise's face on him so that he can videotape and the voice, same thing. It's artificially intelligent, uh, uh, voice so that he can impersonate Tom Cruise in those videos. And people could do that with you if they got on a video phone call with you. That used to be the really, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you can't still use that as an option, but that used to be the way that you could tell if somebody was, was scamming you, right? Or if it was a criminal is you could get on and you, you could say, okay, well, get on this video phone call with me. Let me see you. And if they wouldn't do it, if they wouldn't get on the video phone call, then you knew they were a scammer and you knew they were lying about what they looked like, who they were, where they lived, the whole nine yards, right? So now we've got the AI. So that might not even, so for me, I've always told people, if you can't get that, if that person isn't going to be sitting in front of you within five feet of you for a year and a half, you know, 365 days plus another six months of days, if they can't sit in front of you for three or four hours that many days, then they're a scammer. Because if they're rushing you into something before a year and a half, don't, 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 don't have anything to do with them. And you have to understand, I went to college, I put myself through college, I worked two part-time jobs, and I took a full, I took actually extra, not just a full load in college, I took extra classes every quarter, because you could take four classes, and then you could take three more classes for free at the school that I went to. So I took seven classes every quarter, semester, quarter, whatever you guys had at your college, every time because I could save money. I could get rid of my, you know, requirement classes, get them out of the way. And I could take extra classes to learn extra things, but you know, I didn't have to pay for it. So I went in and did it. And then I worked two part-time jobs. We're talking 20 hours a week on each job. So I was working full-time and going to school, studying, preparing my projects, doing book reports, doing the whole thing. I mean, I didn't have time to even think about anybody else. So that is why when I did meet these people, uh, when I met my first um, ex, uh, that was a kind of like, you know, had addiction problems and, you know, kind of a scammer. I didn't see him coming because I was so busy trying to get through school and trying to work and pay my bills. And that's what a lot of us end up in. And that's why you need to get to know somebody. You really need to get to know somebody, right? And uh, that that's what happened with this second person that I ended up in a relationship with. Um, but at that time, you know, I was divorced and I was kind of in a, you know, emotional upheaval during the time. And he knew this because he had done this before. He was one of those guys and I actually knew this guy. I had grown up with him. My sister was his best, one of his best friends. He was in my sister's wedding with me. Um, so I thought I knew this kid. I thought I knew this guy, you know, cause I'd grown up with him. He, he lived down the street, but that was what made it worse for me is because I just automatically trusted him because I thought I knew him. If I had met him, I probably would, if I met him and I didn't know him, right. I probably would have seen all the red flags going up, right. But because I knew him already, I just pushed aside all of those bad feelings because I thought, oh, I'm getting, going through a divorce. This, you know, the last couple of years of my marriage were really bad. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing things because I'm just, I'm trigger happy because I, 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 you know, I'm, I've gone through all this stuff before. No, 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 no. Trust your gut. Whenever you f- feel something in the pit of your stomach, trust it every time. It doesn't matter. Don't blame it on your trigger happy or that you're going through a bad time. Trust your gut. Cause in a, you know, in an emergency situation, everybody trusts their gut. 
same thing. If you're going through a hard time, trust your gut anyway. So I was just thinking about this today. And um, I got in this relationship with him and he rushed, rushed, rushed me. Just like my ex rushed me. My ex, within three months, my first, my ex-husband, but my ex, uh, within the first three months, he had asked me to marry him. Like, boom, he'd asked me to marry him. Let's fast forward to the end of our marriage. (laughs) And this is why you need to ask people questions when you're dating guys. And you need them to fess up. A lot of people didn't tell me the truth. Or they didn't offer the truth to me. They kept it from me. And later told me they wish they had told me. And I was like, oh my god. My ex was an... um, he was in, in sports, and uh, when he went to the sports sporting events, he was in extreme sports. Let's just put it that way. And when he went to the sporting events, they used to have drugs everywhere. Cocaine, you know, I guess, bowls of cocaine in the middle of the room, the whole thing. Like, huge bowls of cocaine. And he had an addiction problem at the time. He was drinking and doing cocaine. I did not know this. No one ever told me. And this was before I met him. I mean, we're, we're, I was in college. He was, around, he was around the same age as me, a year older. And apparently, from what I was told after I left him and divorced him, is he quit that habit because he knew he couldn't continue it because I would never, ever want to be with him. And he wanted to be with me so badly that he just quit right? But he kept drinking, but he kept, he quit the cocaine out because he knew if I had ever seen him doing that or ever caught him or he quit it. And they say a lot of times that these addicts will quit because they fall in love with somebody or because they know that that person won't, won't put up with it or whatever, or somebody's going to leave them. So they'll, um, they'll quit, quit just cold. And the problem is that they always eventually relapse. And we had been getting together for years, and then in the last two years of our marriage, he relapsed. I didn't know it because I was naive about those sort of things. But I will tell you that back when I first was going out with him, I had a guy friend who was in med school. And, you know, I just, we went out with them as a couple, and I just mentioned it briefly to him that I would, I always wondered what, you know, trying cocaine would be like but I told him I was a little afraid to do it because of the you know the addiction aspect of it and he told me you know that if I wanted to he could get medical grade cocaine I could try it and he would be there he was a doctor if anything happened blah 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 and then eventually I just said no I don't (laughs) that sounds really risky (laughs) you're saying all this stuff and he's like yeah it's probably best that you don't do it well when I told my ex-husband my first you know uh, uh, my first, the first relationship I've been talking about here that kind of ended badly, he freaked out. And this was back when we were first dating. Well, you're not going to do Well, you know, fast forward to the end of my marriage and after my marriage, finding out that he had a cocaine habit. Now I know why he reacted that way. Like he totally freaked out. You're not going to do cocaine. You can't do cocaine. And you know, no, that's not going to happen. Because it, I was told later by other addicts that he was upset because he had quit cocaine to be with me and now I was wanting to try it and he was gonna and and he knew that I could probably try it and then never do it again right and he was upset about that that I could probably just do it and then put it aside as an experience that I had and move on but I also did say that I didn't want to try it because I didn't want to get addicted to it and they said well maybe he thought that you knew Maybe he thought you knew that he had done it and you were testing him. Maybe that's why he got so upset. Anyway, <laughs> that's what ended up breaking up my marriage is in the last two years, he started back into his addictions. He, you know, started going back to some of the friends that he had in motocross. And I always wondered why he stayed away from everybody in motocross. He just totally would stay away from them. And I was like, <sighs> Why, why aren't we hanging out with these people? Why, like, is he embarrassed of me? Did it? Now I know. Because he knew he would get back into the habit. Because he knew that once he was alone with these people, or, or any moment that I wasn't around him, they were going to be shoving it in his face and saying, hey, you want some? And he would be too weak to say no. So, um, 
you know, what they tell you in when, and when you're in recovery is to get rid of all those friends that you have, you know, that are addicted. And that's what he did in the time that he was married to me. But the mistake he made is he did, wasn't honest with me and telling me that he had the addiction, right? He didn't tell me that he was hooked on cocaine and had to get off of it and quit it. So be honest with your partner from the very beginning, because I probably could have said, well, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't go out with those people. Or, okay, we've met them, we've said hello to them, we're not going to go out with them socially. Like, I sort of pushed him into going out with his friends because he was never going out with his friends. Now I know why. Now I know why he excommunicated those people from his life. But he didn't tell me. And then slowly but surely, he slid right back in to his old habits. And slowly but surely, I think he thought that I was going to accept it. And then in the last two years, it got brutal. He got physically violent with me. He abused me. And that's when I left. And I think he really regretted that. That he did it. And that's why he tried so hard to get me to come back to him. And kept promising me that he would quit all that and quit all that and quit. Well, now I know, right? Now I know. And, but he should have been honest from the very beginning. Then I would have been maybe not so, go back with your friends. Anyway, so the second guy I thought I knew, what the one that my sister was friends with, he apparently, what I didn't know, had done, had been going around doing this to different women. He would meet a woman, take advantage of her, take her money, take everything she had, and then move on. And he was, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, good looking. But that didn't matter to me. My ex was very good looking. In fact, all the guys I've dated have been very handsome. But, so looks wasn't the thing for me. I just knew him and I trusted him and I was fresh out of this awful divorce with an addict who wouldn't get help, even though I'd asked him to get help. um, Because then that would be publicly admitting that he had a problem and he had to do something about it, right? So I thought I was with somebody that I could trust and that I knew. But this was the scam that he pulled on so many women. And by the end of it, um, I had maybe three years with him. Maybe three years. Fortunately, it didn't take me as long to get out of that one with him. But I thought about it today. I was really kind of beating myself up because... I thought about the list of things that happened. Um, He stole money from me, you know, out of my checking account. Uh, You know, he, he used to, what he used to do once he got my trust, once he got me to uh, trust him and, you know, we were living together and so forth and so on. And he was pushing me to marry him, pushing me to marry him. Um, I was, you know, I, I didn't know he had these issues. I didn't know he had these problems, right? Uh, he had gone through a divorce and I was going through a divorce. So I thought we were on the same wavelength, etc. He wasn't exactly somebody I would have gone out with if I had just gone out and chosen somebody to go out with. But, you know, he kind of showed up. Well, I found out from my sister that she and her ex-husband, or I can't, I can't remember. No, my, my sister, yeah. She and her husband at the time um, was telling him that I was getting divorced and I was probably going to end up with millions of dollars. I was going to get all this money. And that's why he showed up. I realized that now, or let's just say I realized it at the end of our relationship. That's why he showed up. All of a sudden, he got himself transferred here to where I live. He started working uh, at a job, and then he showed up and asked me if I could take him to look at apartments, find a place, da-da-da. It was a whole big plan to get into my life. He was going to be here when I ended my relationship, and that, you know, it was textbook. He was there and made sure that he was in my life. And that was his, his plan, was to start a relationship with me and then do what he had done to other people. He was going to take my money. He was going to take what I had. He wanted to marry me. He was trying to push me to marry him after the divorce was final because he wanted the money. But I ended up not getting that money. So he became a little less enthusiastic. But he still wanted to marry me because I still did, you know, I still had a house. 
had a couple cars, you know, I had things like that. So I think he started thinking, well, at least I can get what I can get. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is somebody I've known my whole life. I'm thinking he actually cares about me, you know, but I think what we don't understand as people who wouldn't act that way, who aren't like those kind of people, they're just so devoid of emotion and feeling. They're sociopaths and psychopaths. So they, they don't care about what happens to you after, after they take what they want and walk away. They're just so devoid of any kind of feeling. Or maybe they have feeling, but just not for you. And I think that's sometimes hard for, for people to, um, um, process. Me, I don't have a problem with that. If that's how somebody is, then I don't want them in my life. You know, I just let them go, you know, but he would, he, he, I, I trust him so much that, you know, when we needed to get money out of the ATM machine, I gave him my, my ATM card. I had his ATM card, but see, he didn't have anything. He really didn't have any money. And he also knew that he could trust me. He really knew he could trust me. I would never do to him what he was going to do to me. And he knew that. He knew I was a good person. So I wouldn't go steal the money out of his account. But he knew he would steal the money out of my account. So what he was doing is, what I realized in the end, is he was going to my uh, checking account and he was taking out as much as he could each day, right? And the, and how he was figuring out how much to get out is I would make out, I would write the checks out for the bills because it was my house, my cars, all the utilities were in my name. He moved in with me, right? This, this house was mine. Everything was mine. And so he would say, oh, let me take those bills to the, to the, he'd wait for me to write the bills out and put a stamp on them. And then he'd say, let me take the bills. This is before you could do anything like before, before, uh, you started paying everything online before a lot of companies started doing that. It was just cheaper to go ahead and send the bill in and do and write a check. And so, cause they were charging for that stuff back then. Now it's all free, but, um, he would take it all. He'd open up the bills, figure out how much each bill was. And then he'd take that amount of money out of my checking account. Then he'd go blow it on drugs or whatever he was doing. Who knows what he was doing with it, right? And the other thing he was doing is he was, um, I had pets from my previous marriage. I had two cats and two dogs. And I decided to downgrade to a, a little cheaper food because we, I'd bought really expensive pet food before because, you know, I had a lot of money. We owned a business. We were doing pretty well. So I downgraded it to cheaper pet food. And, um, I was just trying it out to see if they'd like it or whatever. And my dogs got, started getting really sick and my cats started getting really thin. And I mean, the dogs, I thought they were dying at one point. And I brought the mobile vet over that I had always used. And he told me that there was nothing wrong with my dogs that I'd stop, I should stop using that food. And he said, in fact, your cats are really thin. You should stop using that food and go back to the food you were using before because they were healthy then. Because this is a vet who knew my, my pets. And uh, before I, you know, got in a relationship with this guy. And so I did. I ended up getting rid of that food. I, gave, I donated it to a shelter. And, um, and then I went out and bought the more expensive food. So he really shot himself in the foot. And then I made sure that I fed my own animals every day. I made sure they were getting fed every day. I, I would come home from work and I would feed them again, you know, and he would say, I already fed them. I'm like, well, I'm going to feed them again. If they don't eat it, you know, if they're hungry, they'll eat it. If they're not, they're not. And they would chow down and eat everything. And I was like, wow, they're eating a lot more of this. Well, then of course it dawned on me later that he was probably not feeding the animals. He was starving them to death. That's why they almost died. That is just how far an addict will go for their addiction. He was going to starve those dogs to death and blame it on the fact that they were older. And let me tell you, after I eventually kicked him out, after the three years, those dogs lived for years more after that. <laughs> and so... Yeah, I got rid of him. And so I realized 
you know, I was like, hmm, this is a little odd. And then, you know, I figured, wait a minute, it dawned on me. He hasn't been feeding the dogs. Add on to that, this was all happening at the same time, where I found out he was taking money out of my account. I found out he wasn't... It's sort of like, you know, you you find these things out within a few days of each other, because once one thing hits, then you start thinking about all the other stuff that somebody's doing, and you realize what they're doing to you, right? Then I went to the the, um, doctors with... uh, Then my daughter, I came home one day, and I was changing her diaper... And she was screaming bloody murder about her diaper. And I, you know, and I mean, we're talking screaming when I was trying to wipe her clean and everything. I was like, oh my God. And I looked at her butt. It was really wet. I called emergency pediatrician visit, went in. Long story short, the doctor took me out of the room after he looked at her, took me out of the room. He left the, he insisted that the nurse stay in the room with uh, my beau at the time who was trying to get me to marry him and um, he took me out and told me don't ever leave him uh, he says I know I know you because I used to work at the hospital where this this guy was a doctor right and he says I know you would never do this he says I know you're a good person and he says so I know it's not you doing it he said but somebody's leaving that baby in a diaper all day long and what's happening is when you leave some uh, baby in a diaper all day long the um the excrement and the pee goes back up inside them goes back up their their anal canal goes back up into their vagina and everything and they get infections and they get major severe diaper rash and and that diaper rash is up inside them not to mention all the other problems i was like oh my gosh he says it's just started to happen. You've caught it early. He said, thank God you didn't just write it off and think that there was nothing wrong. And he said, thank God you brought her in because apparently he's starting to leave her by herself and not changing her diaper. And he's like, while you're at work and he's with her, he's not changing her diaper. He, he said, either put her in a daycare or quit your job tomorrow and never let him be alone with her again. And that was like, I couldn't believe it. He's like, don't ever leave him alone with this baby ever again. And I just was like, oh my gosh. And then he asked me about his other kids, like from his marriage. And he's like, he reported that that they should never be left alone with him. Oh my gosh. I mean, I quit my job. I threw his stuff out on the front porch. I got the locks changed. And I told him never to come back. Now, I did let him come and visit and be with her and and see her because, you know, she was attached to him at some level. But now I look back at it and I wish I just would have kicked him out totally. Because he just, he, he even when he came into my house and was visiting with her, he was stealing things from me when he was in the house. He would go off and say, I'm going to the bathroom. And then he was upstairs looking through my jewelry and everything else. So I should have just never had him come back. I should have said, just don't ever come back. But, you know, you're in such denial of, wait a minute, this isn't the person I thought he was. Wait a minute, I can't believe you did all this stuff. And eventually you realize that that's, that, that that's what someone's been doing to you and that they've been taking advantage of you. And you just wouldn't do that sort of thing to anybody. And that's why you couldn't see what they were doing to you. It's sort of insidious. (laughs) It's sort of, you know, it's not funny. And, um, but I, I think people need to realize that it's not their fault. Right. And, um, I'm going to continue the podcast a little bit here just to kind of go into a little more of explanation as to, to, you know, why you shouldn't feel bad about that and that you didn't see it. But also I'd like people to keep their eyes open and maybe learn from my lesson and cut somebody off a lot sooner and get them out of your life a lot sooner. Listen to your gut. So I'll continue it here on the next section.
Diva Cerebration, back for the second part of, you know, dealing with addicts, dealing with scammers, dealing with people who take advantage of you. And I'm going to continue with what we were talking about, um, not being able to see what people are doing to you. And, you know, I look back at the beginning of that relationship to the end of that relationship. And when I look back at some of the things that happened in the beginning of the relationship, if I hadn't known him, if I hadn't trusted him, and he knew very well that he was going to get away with this stuff because I had that trust level for him. Um, but when, like when I was moving my stuff, um, out of storage to move it back into my house. Once the divorce was over, I, I got the house and got left with the debt of the house though. Um, and that's, that's something that my other ex did <laughs> when I went through the divorce with, he was supposed to be paying on the house the whole time. And he stopped paying the loan. This was my ex-husband stopped paying the loan on the house for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years while we were going through this divorce. And, um, um, by the time the divorce was over, he didn't tell me, of course, because he was trying to stick it to me. Here I'm thinking I'm going to get this house and just continue to pay on the loan, which was a pretty decent loan. Um, uh, we had it so that the uh, house insurance, all the insurance, all the coverage, everything was put into the loan. Like the loan would pay for that every year. And so anything to do with the house would come out of the loan. And I, and I just, you would just have to make the payment every month. Well, he let it go into foreclosure and didn't say anything, didn't do anything about it, didn't make the payments, nada. And so by the time I got the house after the divorce, I had to refinance the house and because it was in foreclosure, the place that I was with, the place that we had the loan with wouldn't take the loan back. And I even told him, listen, I went through this divorce, I didn't know he wasn't paying on it, they didn't listen. It was a it was a headache to get a loan on this house. So there's another thing that you know addicts do. They get angry at you. Well, addicts, narcissists, sociopaths. They get angry at you for leaving them. They get angry at you for succeeding. They get angry at you for getting anything out of it. My ex-husband told me he he said, I'm not going to let you have anything. I'm going to make sure that I take everything. Even though I'm the one who actually worked more at the business that we owned together. I'm the one that actually built the business. And I'm the one that the only reason we got the loans and the leases and all that is because I signed on the dotted line. They all said that if it's only him signing on the dotted line, we're not doing it. You have to sign the paperwork because we know you'll pay it back. Right? So, because of his, his past credit history, right? As an addict before he met me, I'm sure there are things he never told me about that, you know, kept him from getting any kind of credit. Now, you know, you can get a car, you can do all that stuff, but, you know, the, without having great credit, you just have to pay higher higher payments on it. So, he knew very well that having my name on the dotted line was going to help him out. And sometimes I wonder, you know, you, you, you go back into your relationship sometimes and you think, is that really why he had me around? Cause this was the long, this was like the long-term plan to use me financially. You, you, you know, you go through those sort of things. You, you, you have those thoughts, right? Because at the end you go, gosh, did he ever even care about me after you've gone through all this stuff with somebody, right? Okay, so now we're going to go back to the second guy that I was talking about. Now, these aren't all the relationships I had. These are just the two crazy relationships I've had that taught me, you know, to stay away from people like this and never rush into anything and to really hold back. And if I had rushed in to the relationship with the second guy, my sister's friend, um, I would have been really screwed 
right? But I was the one who said, I don't want to marry you. I don't ever want to get married. I, I, you know, I was at a point, I just didn't want to get married again after going through the divorce, losing millions of dollars and losing a company and all of that because the court systems side more with men than they do with women. And I know a lot of guys say, oh, I have to pay uh, alimony and child support. Listen, most men come out of it uh, way ahead of the women. I've, I have known a lot of people who have gone through divorces and the women never come out of it better than the men do. And I'm sorry, but that's just what I've seen, right? And I know a lot of other people who agree with me. But, so I decided I'm just, you know, I'm not going to get married. And I'm so glad that I didn't marry the second guy because I would have been so royally screwed. Because he was the same type of person. He was just an addict and all he could think about was his next step in the addiction, right? And the same thing happened with him when we first met. He, you know, wasn't drinking. He wasn't doing anything. He gained weight. I think both of those guys in my life, in the beginning of our relationships, were actually in love with me. Actually wanted to get get better. They actually wanted to kick their addiction, but they didn't want to do it the hard way, which is to actually do it the right way, right? They just thought that they could kick it themselves, like a lot of addicts think they can do, right? And then what happens? They get back into their addiction because they didn't do it the right way. They didn't go to AANA. They didn't go to counseling. They didn't, you know, they didn't go to actual professionals who know how to get out of an addiction, which is something that I suggested to uh, my husband at the end of our marriage, and that I suggested to um, uh, the second guy that we're talking about, my sister's friend, I suggested to him at the end of our relationship, get help, show me that you've changed, and I will know that you've changed, because it will be obvious, and you can come back. You know, but I don't think, uh, I don't think I would have taken the second guy back ever again after I ended that relationship because he did things that my ex-husband never did. Right. So he, he did, you know, he made it, he, he made his exit or, or entrance back into my life even worse. So I guess I just want people to understand that I didn't see all this. Because the reason I didn't see it is because they didn't want me to see it. They did everything they possibly could to hide it from me. They presented this other front to me. Because they knew that if I had seen any of the other stuff, or the way that they were, or who they were, which, by the way, they had showed to other people, they didn't seem to bother them to show to their other past relationships, because those women were just hanging on. And uh, a couple of them still wanted, th- wanted them back. And I was just like, well, why would you want this back? You know, after you found out everything he was doing. But did they find out everything? Or were they still sort of in a denial? Did they come from a family background where their parents did that kind of stuff to them? I don't know. I mean, I had a screwed up family background where, you know, I, you know, I had stuff done in my family that was not on the up and up, which probably prepared me for, to having these things happen to me within relationships, you know, not being able to see something coming, trusting people when there's a certain red flag that comes up because I was so used to it happening in my own family that sort of thing. You know, I have people, you know, cousins, brothers, you know, uh, in my family that uncles who are not exactly nice people who I had, you know, probably gotten used to the way they were, probably didn't see who they were. Everybody just kind of didn't talk about how they were. And so when you're not honest with your kids or you're not honest with the family about how someone in the family is, you're setting up your children, your, you know, nieces and nephews to go into life and be like, but 
gosh, he was so much like my uncle. He was so much like my brother. He was so much like, you know, my aunt or whatever, right? So you kind of have to be honest about everybody in your family. And I have been honest with the people in my life about what's happened with all these other people in my family. And, And a lot of people will judge me based on that, that I didn't see what these people were doing. But I think, again, you have to understand, they didn't want me to see it. They did everything in their power to keep me from seeing it. I mean, my second ex literally took the bills out of my hand to take them to the post office and never sent them in. And you know how I found out? After I kicked his butt out, because remember, once I started seeing things, then other things started opening up my eyes to what he was doing. And then I kicked him straight out. And that's when I found out from the power company, from the gas company, from the water, sewerage, trash company, that my bills hadn't been paid for a few months. And they were getting ready to shut me off. I actually had the water and the electric shut off on me. Because by the time I contacted them, they said, it's too late. We have to shut it off. We can't turn it around. And then I had to pay shut-off notices because he took my bills, tore up the checks, threw them out. He may have even tried, he may have even been trying to learn how to write my signature. Who knows? Maybe that's why he was taking the checks. Maybe he needed the checking account numbers the you know the 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 numbers that you have on your checks that you used to uh try to get other money i don't know i don't know all i know is that as soon as he walked out the door and i knew that he had been messing with my checking account and my cards and my credit card i canceled all of it i transferred my uh, money i was at the same bank but i just transferred my money into a different account so it had a different number i mean i really I did everything I could so that he couldn't touch anything. And it's the same thing I did when I went through my divorce. You know, I took my money out of one account, put it into another account so that my ex-husband couldn't get to it, right? Because he knew all of my information and I knew all his, you know, I mean, but he knew I wouldn't do anything, so he never changed anything. But I know he would because he showed me who he was. Same thing with this guy. He had shown me who he was, so I got everything transferred out. I canceled all the credit cards. You know, once I found out he wasn't paying the bills, I thought, okay, why did he do that? Oh, God, he has my checking account number. Oh, God, he's, you know. So then you just start canceling everything. Because all of a sudden, it's like this, it's like this tsunami that comes at you of, oh, my gosh, I see everything he was doing now. And I know that, okay, why was, why was the, the baby being left alone? Because he was off with other people that he had met from work. We both had jobs at the same place. I worked the really early morning shift. He worked the evening shift. So that we could both be with the baby and didn't have to put the baby in daycare. Well, now I wish I'd just put the baby in daycare. But do I wish that? No. Because if I had done that, it might have been years before I figured out what he was up to. But because all of these things happened in succession, I found out that the bills weren't being paid. The dogs were... I saw that the animals were actually gaining weight now that I was feeding them. Oh God, he wasn't feeding them. I then found out about the bills and then the bait... My my kid was like the last straw. It's like the last straw. And then I realized that he was hanging out with these people at work that he worked with on a different shift. And he used to get so upset that I was making more money than him. But it was like a retail place where you would get, you know, you get uh, commission and bonuses and stuff. And because I was so good at it, I was getting all the commissions and the bonuses. And he was like ticked off that I made more money than him. And that might be why he thought he somehow in his head justified stealing from me right because he felt like he was the man and he should be making more money and you know well I'm making more money well it's okay I can steal from her because you know in his addict brain in his addicted brain taking the money so that he could fulfill his addiction 
and he was hanging out with people. And when I met those people, they, the one guy was just stupid enough to say things when he was in front of me about doing drugs, about cocaine and all that. And I was just like, oh my God, these are the people he's hanging out with. And then, and then everything started coming together. And then he was doing another like part-time weekend job at an apartment complex where he was helping like with maintenance and stuff. And I would go and take, you know, I would go and take the baby with me to go meet him for lunch. And I couldn't find him a couple times. Like I would call him before I was coming and I couldn't find him. And I was told by people at the apartment complex that he had actually had an apartment there, that they thought he had an apartment there and that he was bringing things into that apartment and putting him in the apartment. He knew that I was ready to kick him out. He knew that I was catching on. So he was stealing stuff out of my house to set himself up in an apartment. And he was stealing my money to pay for that apartment. I mean, it was, it got crazy. It got crazy. And when I realized everything that was going on and I shut him down, I've never seen anybody so mad in my life when I, you know, like I said, I canceled my account and put my money in another account. I canceled my cards, got other cards. So he couldn't use my, my credit card numbers. He couldn't use my uh, ATM card that he had. He, he had somehow gotten a second card. Uh, maybe it came in the mail and I didn't know it. Right. Like when they send you a new card and I switched everything and I got everything new. And so he couldn't access my accounts anymore. And so all the little sneaky things that he was doing behind my back, he couldn't do anymore. So I think that, you know, because I didn't see it is because I would never have done anything like that myself. I would never have done that to anybody. And it's pretty bad when a relationship you're in makes you appreciate the marriage that you got out of. Like, I was glad I got divorced. I was glad I was out of that relationship. But then I looked back at him and thought, God, he was never this bad. You know, I never had to put up with this from him. He would have never done this. You know, he may have done this, 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 but God, he would have never done these things to me. And his addiction wasn't even that bad, right? So I... I think that that's when I knew, God, this is, I can't believe I didn't see this coming. Well, no, I didn't see it coming because I had never had that happen in any other relationship before. Even the one I got out of and divorced. Someone hadn't done these crazy things. And I just can't even believe somebody would do those things to someone. So you have to sort of forgive yourself. But I also want people to understand that when you see those red flags coming up all over the place, like I second guessed myself too many times. I second guessed myself too many times because I trusted him because I had known him since we were kids and I could, and he was friends with my sister and his parents lived down the street from my parents. Like we lived within five minutes of each other. So I would think he wouldn't pull stuff on me because then his parents are going to be told. And the first thing that, and he had taken thousands of dollars from me, right? And the first thing that happened is my brother went down to his father's house and found out he was living with his dad, but he went down there to tell his father what he was doing to me. (laughs) So I, you know, I initially thought, You know, there's no way somebody would do something like this to another person when you're that close in a proximity, when your families know each other that well. Well, guess what? It's because of the trust and because of the, he wouldn't do this to me because of all of that is why he did it. That's why he did it because he could get away with it because I trusted him. My family trusted him. Now my dad dad was never keen on him. My dad never liked him. And I often wonder, and my dad never had never told me, my dad's passed away now, but he never told me if he knew that this is the kind of stuff that 
you know, if he had seen something in him from the very beginning, he got really mad at me that I was with him. And I was just like, what is going on? And he would never really say. And the only thing I can think of is at some point in the relationship with my sister and our families that this guy had done something to my dad and my dad was too embarrassed to admit that he got taken advantage of by this guy, right? So he never fessed up. So I, you know, once I kicked him out, once he was out, then it was almost like my dad was punishing me for for being with him. And you know, eventually I was just like, listen, the best thing I could have done was kick him out. He was mad because I didn't get married to him. Right. And I, I was like, you know, I'm glad I didn't. And I, and I, that's about the time I told my dad, I'm probably never going to get married again because after my divorce and after this, I don't trust anybody. And people wonder why I have trust issues. And all of you out there who have gone through similar situations, You know, if people wonder why you have trust issues, this is why. This is why. And honestly, I don't really see the benefits of getting married anymore. Because, you know, if somebody decides to have an affair, or somebody decides to cheat on you, or whatever, you end up up losing out more than you gain, financially and legally. And I... It would be, it would have to be, somebody would have to really show me that I can trust them before I would even think about marriage again. And and it's sad. It's sad that that's been done to me, you know, and it's sad that there's people out there that are like that. But what I've seen is at the base of, of most people, they're selfish. And if they decide every relationship that I have seen that has broken up, if that person who's leaving decides that they're done and they're out, they start being very cruel to the person they're leaving. And I've never been that way. I just pretty much, you know, I had a friend tell me once, the sharpest knife cuts the quickest. And I think that's a really good explanation for the way I am. If it's over, it's over. I cut, I cut the umbilical cord, whatever you want to call it, whatever cords between me and another person, if they have done those sort of things to me and they have lost my trust totally because trust equals love, love equals trust, right? And if you don't have trust, you don't have love. So why should I stay? Bye. Knife cut. Just go away. <laughs> go away. If I can't trust you, There's no point in you being around me ever again. There's billions of people on this planet. And I'd say half of them are the opposite sex. I don't have to put up with one who has lost my trust, who has done awful things to me. I don't have to put up with you for one second more. And I think that I learned that from leaving my first, my, my, my marriage, I've learned that it's just better to just walk out. It's just better to leave than to put up with abuse. I mean, I would, you know, there was physical abuse that was happening to me in that marriage. And once that happened, I was out. And I was like, if you can touch me, like if you can physically abuse me, then it, this is over. You know, there's no love anymore. And without love, there's no trust. Without trust, there's no love. And I, I, and I didn't trust him anymore. He was really devastated when I left. And I don't know if it was a dependence, dependency that he was devastated by. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was he just really thought I was never going to leave. And I was going to put up with it. Same thing with... I know you're going to think that the second guy was probably just going to move on. And he did. He moved on. He took advantage of other people. Eventually. For two years, he was literally, from what I understand, depressed. I saw him a couple times. He grew his hair out. His beard was grown out. He wasn't doing anything. He never went anywhere. I think eventually it hit him that he was pretty lucky to find me 
I'm pretty lucky to have found someone that was as giving and loving as I was and as trusting as I was. And I think once, after spending those three years with me, once I was gone, it hit him that he had really screwed up. And, um... One thing, you know, the thing before I, before we got involved is he was always flitting around the different cities. He, he had his wife in one city, and it, but he was working in all these different cities. And then that's when I found out he was taking advantage of all these women in these different cities. I found it out later. And God knows how many other kids he's had. But, um, but what he has done is he has stayed here where I'm at. He hasn't left. He hasn't moved. And he's constantly contacting my family, trying to find out what's going on with me. He's constantly... He never asks about the baby. He never asks about the kid. He's constantly asking about me. Now, if he can... The one thing that family did say to me, and I want to add this before I end this podcast, is... Now, and don't take the fact that these people you know, realized after they left me that they cared about me, they're still the same people. They're still addicts. They're still distrustful. And they still take advantage of people. Right? Whatever their relationships are in now, trust me, they're not good ones. They're not good relationships. But the one thing that I want people to understand is that even though, you know, someone is still around, is still, you know, maybe lurking and they're asking questions about you. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. It, it was something that a friend said to me while I was still trying to let him see, you know, the baby and let him visit. They said, listen, he doesn't care about that kid. He's using the kid to get to you because you're the source of money and of things that he can take advantage of. You are the one, you're like this thing that will help him continue his addiction, that will help him continue his sociopath ways. You're the person that he is going to have a withdrawal from. So don't ever think that they care about your kids because they don't. They don't. If they were able to do it to you, the mother of their children, they're going to be able to hurt the children. And he did hurt my child. Uh, not only did we have the diaper rash incident, but there was a couple times I did let him take her out somewhere. And she would come back. She came back one time with a cut on her face. And another time she came back with bruises on her arm and her face. I was like, what happened? Every time she goes with you, I let him, let him have her two times. Every time she goes somewhere with you, she comes back hurt. What are you doing? Well, he probably wasn't watching her or he was abusing her. One of the two. Never again. Never again. You know, every time you give someone like that a chance, they blow it. And if they're trying to get to your kids, it's because they're trying to get to you. To, To hurt you, to use you, to take advantage of you. Don't let them back in. Sharpest knife cuts the quickest. And trust yourself to know that they did these horrible things to you. And they you should never have anything to do with them again. And there is nothing wrong with cutting someone off. That is called boundaries. That is called good boundaries. If you cut someone off who's hurt you, that is a good boundary. Don't feel guilty about it. But don't feel bad that you didn't see what these people were doing to you. That is my whole main thing for making this podcast. And, you know, every time I start to think about what had been done to me by these two people and think, God, I'm so stupid for not seeing that. I have to remind myself, no, you're not. They didn't want you to see it. They wanted to keep it from you and they made sure to keep it from you. And anytime anyone makes you feel bad about that, don't let them. And now just keep them out of your life. Sharpest knife cuts the quickest. Keep that boundary. This has been Diva Celebration. I hope this is helping somebody. Or I hope it helps somebody in the future. Stay strong. Stay away. 
sharpest knife cuts to quickest boundaries.